Welcome to the family with Tim. Alex Brampard Rasmussen. They don't like eight degrees below zero, Catherine Brandt. <laughs> Andy Rampernard. <laughs> and Mike Bright. Wouldn't want to dwell, mother. <laughs> Sucks out there. Should Salt. I tell what Jay Leno once said to you? Oh, God, no. No, just move on. You're no. friends with Jay Leno? No. Good friends. This is a true yeah. story. Jay like, Leno. It's like me and Sylvester Stallone. Jay Leno hates me. Catherine's 21 <laughs> years old. I'm 29 years old. We go out to Los Angeles. To, I got to cut some commercials and resign from Capitol and do all this stuff. And we go to the comedy store to see all these people. Mm-hmm. And Catherine didn't like this comedian because he got really nasty about women and body parts and all that. He was so she's like, oh, my God. Right? So Jay Leno's the next guy comes out and he goes, so uh, where's the woman that made the comment during the last guy? And Catherine puts her hand up. And he like goes, an idiot. He goes, <laughs> there's your first mistake. Why did I do that? So Leno goes, where you from, man? And she goes, uh, Minnesota. He goes, oh, a frozen bitch. <laughs> That's me, frozen bitch. Thank well, you, we Jay. <laughs> Thank you, Jay. Thank now you, it's Jay. a term of endearment mm-hmm. in the family. Yes. Yep. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back. Kick things off. Robert Matson, ladies and gentlemen, our special guest up next. We can go live? Yeah, I think so. Okay. This is one of those weeks you got to watch out for because it's really cold right now. Oh. And then it's going to warm up supposedly into the 40s by the end of the week. So what happens is it goes icy and then back up and people get going too fast. And that's oh, yeah. why we have collisions that are horrible in those circumstances. And so you got to slow down. You got to give yourself time. And you got to make sure you get there safely for both you and other people. Yep, see, all those I, 40s. Just, I just read those 40s. I see, we got I 21 coming. tomorrow, 28 Wednesday, 40 on Thursday, and then Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, it's going to be in the 40s all next That's week. That's going to feel fabulous. Oh, it's very it weird. Brad, Sean, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> this has been your weather report from Brad, Sean, Brian. Exactly. Okay. I never believed it until now, but apparently you're a pretty big deal. Was there ever a question in your mind? Well, you might say I was a doubting Thomas. See what I did there? Yes, how incredibly clever. Anyway, what's your point? Well, last month I was trying to find you a car to replace the Mafia Mobile and suggested leasing a Nissan Altima as it was impossible to find your first choice. I love that Altima, and I'm actually looking forward to checking out the all-wheel drive as soon as it's known. Well, apparently someone at Nissan was listening to us, and at this month, at Coon Rapids Nissan and Burnsville Nissan, we can offer short-term 18-month leases. That's actually pretty smart. By then, the chip shortage will be over, right? Man, I hope so. The only chip shortage I want to hear about is Bilski dumping one into the bunker. (laughs) By the way, for the first time ever, Coon Rapids Nissan was number one in the state, and Burnsville was number two. Your Altima was actually one of the cars that put J-Lo on top. To learn more about short-term leasing, stop into Burnsville Nissan or Coon Rapids Nissan. Jamming. All right, we are back, ladies and gentlemen. I got a great story for you. And we also have Robert Matson. This will just take 60 seconds, Robert. I promise. But uh, Robert, just to let you know, we're in a we're in a five-story uh, complex over here in St. Louis Park, Minnesota, and they've been redoing some of these suites and making oh, a lot of noise yeah, what's and going drilling on and all there? that stuff. There's like hardboard all. Yeah, over they're moving stuff gone? so they don't want to mar the walls oh, up. But this is the greatest. I come, I come walking down the hallway this morning, and this young man comes up to me and goes, Tom, I just want you to know uh, that we're going to be doing some drilling, but we're listening to the show. He said, we've been listening to the show every day, and when you're not on is when we do our drilling. 
He goes, we have to do a lot of drilling on literally on this wall right behind me. They have oh, to drill way. on that. And they did it between the morning show and the podcast. So, again, you have to thank Mark and Nick. Those are the two guys. And it was really funny because I met both of them. Very nice guys, you know, they're listeners and all the rest of it. And I came back on the air and I said, I'm really glad I didn't do something. When they were drilling, I'm glad I didn't say, I'm going to go over there and kick their ass. <laughs> right. Because they're both pretty big fellas. Mm. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Did you pretend to go on break to see if they really if they started? <laughs> yes. Everybody be quiet. He asked them to, to, asked to, them drill. to do drill. And they did. Ah. And they did. <laughs> I said, Mark, Mark, Nick, drill. They go. <laughs> well, so, Mark, I know, Mark and Nick, I know you're listening. If you want to give us a couple of, that's cool. Unless you're at lunch, you we don't get it lunch. during the day, do you? That's probably lunch. During the podcast, the podcast is not. No, not usually. Just in the morning. What they're doing this wall. Oh, okay. You should see that suite. That suite is about the size of a ship. Who's going in there? Uh, somebody from downstairs. Okay. The size I mean, it of is, a ship. Like honestly, it is huge. It's a beautiful like a suite ship? over there. Yeah. It's got all these glass walls, and then you can overlook the atrium, mm-hmm. or you can overlook outside. It's just beautiful. Nice. Remember you promised 60 seconds. Yeah. There we go. That was 60 <laughs> seconds. That's why. Wasn't just reminding you. Hit the, hit the post. Right. I, uh, Alex is going to get all whipped up. Catherine's going to get all whipped up. I'm There's no doubt about it. Robert Matson, our special guest. The book is called Warrior Audrey Hepburn. <gasps> oh, nice. Okay. See, I I'm told you, up. Robert. I'm whipped up. <laughs> These women are huge Audrey Hepburn fans. How are you doing, Robert? More than mom. Yeah, Alex definitely. I'm well. How are you? Marvelous. How, how, have you always been a big Audrey Hepburn fan? How did you start? Actually, no. Uh, I never gave Audrey Hepburn much thought uh, until I was actually in the Netherlands researching a book about Jimmy Stewart's combat career in World War II. Oh, sure. And uh, while I was there, I, I learned that Audrey Hepburn had spent World War II in the Netherlands under Nazi occupation, which... Oh. I didn't know, I didn't and know uh, and so I wrote a book called Dutch Girl, um, with Audrey's son Luca Dotti. Oh, sure. And that, and after we had so much fun working together, we were looking for another project. He's the one that suggested that that I do a book that covered his mother's, what he considered, you know, the greatest time of her life when she was working for UNICEF, as what he called a badass soldier for UNICEF. <laughs> That's a pretty good title, actually. I like that title well, a lot. We, we talked about calling it badass soldier, but we thought maybe not. So so it ended up being called warrior. What, what's so great about that, supremely talented, stunningly beautiful woman. What a presence she had. Uh, and instead of using that to make things up as she went along or to do this or to do that, she used it to on her great career, but she also used it to help people, which I think is quite admirable. Yeah, and the thing was, she was a very private person living this great retirement in sure. Switzerland. And the last thing that she wanted to do or would have chosen to do was to get a lot of attention for herself. Um, from the press and whatever, but since it was for children, since she knew very well what it was like to live through a wartime situation as a young person, and she had starved, almost starved to death during the hunger winter in the Netherlands, so she had all these things added up, she felt it an obligation to go out and help people, and and that's one of the reasons she was a, a badass soldier. 
I think it's just a great story. Now, Alex, uh, our our daughter, we I do the show with my my wife, our son, our daughter, and a couple of family friends. And Alex, our daughter, what what was it, Alex, about Audrey Hepburn? I don't know. I think that she one that she just mm-hmm. was a really good person. Yep, seemed like it. Um, and she's just you know that classic actress and very classy. She just comported herself well, that's the way you look at it. Yeah. She kind of codified the transatlantic actress archetype. Yeah, and she didn't have any specific, you know, like Marilyn Monroe had the whole, like, sex symbol and, like, flashy Mm. and, like, Audrey Hepburn was never super flashy or anything. She was just like, I'm just gonna do my job and you know, put myself together nicely and be kind. Would you like, agree? Would you agree with that, Robert? Is that a pretty apt description? Yeah, uh, there were no scandals. No, nope. you know, uh, she didn't fall off the pedestal and get caught off mic. You know, there was none of that because that wasn't the way she was. She was just kind of a she was a very positive, kind of goofy person. <clears throat> she had a great little sense of humor, which is really you know uh, sewn into the narrative of this book, Warrior. It, it's this is a very intimate look at Audrey, the way she really was. And I think the way she really was with what you described, all of you there, as, you know, this, this good person um, is captured here. And, and that really was her, you know, the very upbeat. To the very end of her life, when she's dying of cancer, she's still trying to t- take care of other people. She could be oppressive taking care of other people, you know, because she was determined to make sure you were all right, whoever you were, wherever you were. God, what a story. How long ago did she die? She died in January of 93. Oh, my God, almost 30 years. Yeah, it's already. been a while. So yeah. looking at all your books, I mean, Lombard, Errol Flynn, uh, Jimmy Stewart, what got you interested in that time period? I'm a Hollywood guy, you know, I've always, I think my dad got me into classic Hollywood, and so I look for those stories. I don't consider myself really a biographer, I'm more of a storyteller that'll take pieces of someone's life, like Errol Flynn's house. I did what I think, my, I had a co-author on that one, is the only book devoted, it's like a biography of a house, because Errol Flynn's house had secret passageways and and viewing rooms so he could look at uh women undressing and watch people having sex i mean so what? that was a story ew i know really yeah <laughs> <laughs> robert you got them all whipped up over here that's gross so so that's one and then carol lombard um this was a story uh, fireball was a book about uh the plane crash that killed Carol Lombard oh. and the circumstances oh, sure. around that and the rescue effort to try to save her on this mountaintop. And Stewart's was about his um, combat career, 20 missions over Germany, which nobody really knew about because he wouldn't talk about it. Right. And then Dutch Girl is the untold story. So, yeah, I, I try to tell stories that, you know, that open people's eyes. Oh, I understand that completely. Look, I mean, I, I was a maybe I was a typical kid of my era i thought that marlon brando was the do-all end-all be-all the greatest of all time but i I suppose that's just that's that period though isn't it yeah uh yeah you know stars used to be bigger than life they're not quite that way now they have the big build-up 
And Audrey was, uh, you know, she benefited from the Paramount Pictures buildup in the 1950s and became the highest paid actress in Hollywood by the end of the decade. My favorite quote by Marlon Brando, only because it's funny, he was, just before his death, he was asked about uh, Burt Reynolds, and his response was, I hate him. (laughs) (laughs) That was his whole response. It's like, okay, well, Hollywood, you said you're a Hollywood guy. how is it living in Hollywood? Because it's not real, yet it is real. That's Boy, it's got to be an interesting life, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, it's, it's the most sequestered life in a way that you could possibly live because everybody hides behind walls and landscaping, uh, and you would never know who lives where anymore because everybody values privacy above everything because of, you know, social media and paparazzi. So it's, it used to be, you know, a a big little town and now it's just like a prison. Hmm. Yeah, I suppose that, that, there's a great description of it. It is like a prison now, isn't it? Mm -hmm. I, you know, going back to Audrey Hepburn, we're talking to Robert Mattson, M-A-T-Z-E-N, actually. The book is available everywhere on Amazon, obviously. Um, warrior Audrey Hepburn how did she know just by standing there not making a lot of noise she'd be the most impressive she is the most non-talking impressive person that I've ever seen on screen I've never heard it described exactly that way but I know exactly what you're talking about and it's true Um, she had a presence she had a star's presence and part of that came from the fact that she was from Dutch aristocracy. Her mother was a baroness, uh, and, and so she was brought up in, a, in that kind of entitled setting. You know, I mean, like, they were Dutch aristocrats. And that's another reason she ended up being with UNICEF, was because um, of the noblesse oblige that went with being a fun hamstra. That was her family name. Um, they always help those less fortunate, and she took that to heart. She had had that drummed into her all her life, and that's the way she lived the last years of her life, helping others because she was trained to do it. Her movie career, was it short, and was that by choice? or Because, I mean, the number of movies she did comparably to what was probably available to her um, at that time. Yeah. Uh, she her career was really 15 years. Okay. If you think about it, uh, from Roman Holiday in 1953 to Wait Until Dark in 1967, oh. and then she retired from the screen to raise her son, and then her second son, and she was happy to do that until they got to be of age. You know, her one son went to Hollywood and started working in the business. Her other son, when he went away to college in Italy. That's when she was like, oh, wow, you know what? Now what am I going to do with my life? Because she was 58, but she was a young 58. She had been a dancer all her life. That's all she wanted to be was a dancer her whole life. (laughs) And so she had a dancer's regimen, you know, a dancer's body, a dancer's stamina. And it's like, well, I don't want to be retired. I I feel the need to do something. And so she sort of backed into UNICEF that way. What a great story this is. And, and, and now, where did you meet her son? 
Um, when I had a draft of Dutch Girl, I wanted to check it for accuracy. Oh, and so okay. I, I contacted the sons, and Luca is sort of the family historian, and he was into it from the beginning. Hmm. And he said that, that Dutch Girl really helped him connect all the dots of, of stories his mother had told him. Um, so now he knew the history behind it, and that's how he and I got to working together, and we're very much alike. It's, it's kind of weird how alike we are and how, how well we got along. Does everybody recognize, I mean, the thing that I, this is going to sound like a weird question, Robert, because uh, the, the reference I'm going to make doesn't tie in in any way, but um, I also do a morning show in town, and we had some people on, and we were talking about stars, and these people were around... 30, maybe 28, 29, 30, something like that. And I was asking them questions about this, that, and the other thing. And I asked them a question about, God, who was it that I asked a question about? Oh, it was a big star. Damn it. I can't think of his name, though. That's terrible. I just got over COVID, by the way, so my brain isn't working <laughs> properly, Robert. That's the problem well, I have. That's why I sound the way I sound, because I literally just got over COVID a few days ago. It was a thrill, Robert, real thrill. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, it was Christopher Walken. That's who it was. I had to think for a while. But I asked these guys. They were sitting around a table. And I said, give me your take on Christopher Walken. And they said, who? And I said, Christopher Walken. They had no idea who Christopher Walken was. And the reason I bring that up, Robert, is I'm uh, you know, not old enough to have known Audrey Hepburn you know, in my adulthood. Uh, she was, I was a little child when she was a big star. But I remember everything she ever did. I also knew, you know, that my grandmother loved Rudy Valley. Why have we lost it? You would think with social media they'd know more about people like Christopher Walken, not less. Why, why have they not paying attention to previous work? That makes no sense to me. I can honestly say no one's ever asked me this question before. Look at you. Uh, I, <laughs> I'm a cool guy, Robert. You should see him. He's holding his hands COVID. up like he's right. sharing coming into a crowd. <laughs> it must be the COVID, Robert. That's what it is. Well, so I, I have a, a theory, and, and the theory is that some people stand the test of time and some people don't. Uh, Rudy Valley is not rebel, relevant anymore. No. Um, no. To anybody, really, uh, except if you're a classic, um, well, no, to nobody. Uh, well thank you robert (laughs) but audrey has this timelessness right i analyze that a lot why why is she still relevant today because she brings a smile to almost everybody's face just when you mention her name and i think it's because of this extra dimension of the nice person that you described earlier yeah um uh, and and what she did for unicef and how that sort of sank into the public consciousness, even 30 years later, you know, she still has a name that's maybe the most famous movie star name out there. Do, do you find that when you write a book about Lumbar or Stewart, that it does bring new people into figuring out who they are and what, what there is about them? A little bit, but not a lot. Like in Carol Lombard's case, you know, she's got diehard fans out there. And that'll sell a certain number of books, but she she's another one that hasn't really stood the test of time. She made a couple of pictures that maybe five people in a hundred have heard of. <laughs> but um, like Jimmy Stewart, every Christmas I get asked 
to appear to talk about It's a Wonderful Life and oh, sure. the fact that he came right out of World War II to be in It's a Wonderful Life and he was still suffering PTSD. And everybody wants to know about that. Oh, God. You know? So he still has that relevance once a year. <laughs> Isn't that, that, what an amazing story that is. Was it, was it Clark Gable that went up on the mountain and got Car- Carol Lombard, wasn't it? Was it? Gable, that, that's a... Um, it's a myth? It's sort of a little bit true. He started up the mountain to find his wife. <laughs> like, never just mind. Just as they were coming down to say, I'm sorry, she's dead. So, oh. That's part of the story. It's yeah. just, so he didn't go and pick her body up and carry her down the mountain like they claim. No. I no. kind of thought that was probably, yeah, just go ahead and grab her body and bring her down whenever you feel like it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I never did buy that part of it. But, hey, it was, you know, makes Clark a good Gable. story. Yeah, it makes a great story about two, uh, two big uh, movie stars. No question about it. Is there... And this is an odd question, too, I suppose. But is there anyone right now that you'd even compare to Audrey Hepburn? In terms of the humanitarian aspect, um, Angelina Jolie was greatly influenced by yeah, Audrey Hepburn. I can see and that. is not shy saying so. Um, and she did a lot of work for refugees earlier in her life. Not so much now. But uh, in terms of a unique personality that's sort of along the lines of former aristocracy, you know, who can speak five languages and command attention just by standing there? No. <laughs> wow. Yeah, isn't that, that's a very good way to put it. She stood there, because I remember that as a little child, thinking she hardly talks. She doesn't move rapidly or whip her arm. You know, she doesn't draw attention to herself, and yet I'm fascinated by what she's doing. I remember yeah. that as a little boy watching that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had seen one. I saw one of her pictures in the theater, and that was Robin and Marion, which was supposed to be her comeback picture. And she only made that because her son was on summer break. Hmm. Uh, and so she went to Spain and made this picture. And when it came out, I remember the hoopla about Audrey Hepburn. And I thought, I don't get it. I mean, <laughs> she's, yeah, she's really pretty. But yeah. I, you know, I was in college at the time, and I, I, I did not get it. Uh, so it's kind of funny that I ended up, you know, writing two books about her. Yeah, because as you said, you were, you didn't get it at first, but, um, mm-hmm. and now you do, Robert. It certainly sounds like you get it now. I get it now. Isn't that how life's about? And that's what writing a book is all about, isn't it? I got it, and I want you to get it too. That's what writing your book was about, I'm assuming. Yeah, it's getting in touch with a person. It's understanding the person and what makes them tick. And that sometimes can take a long time. And then in sometimes, like in the case of Errol Flynn, you're like, oh, wow, I'm sorry. I know how he thinks <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I suppose that's true. But, and like, but with Jimmy Stewart and Audrey Hepburn, these are really classy people, you know, really good people to spend a couple of years of your life with. Hmm. You know, that whole era, I'm glad you, you said that, because looking back at that era, you know, uh, um, who's the British actor that everybody, he was, everybody can do an impression of the guy, uh, what the hell's his name, he, he was in all the Hitchcock movies and all that stuff, Cary Grant. Grant, yeah, oh, Cary Grant, so, so 
why was it in that era that the Cary Grants, I mean, they always seemed like such classy movie star people to me as a little boy. Was that just me lying to myself no, or were they? Their outfits no, were very nice. They were. They, they had nice outfits. That's true. There was Great. no Twitter back then. That yeah. helps a lot. That's true. That was also the image they were promoting mm-hmm. for them. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, Robert, basically, I just got sucked in by their promotion. Is that what happened? Well, these were very well-trained people. The studio system brought them up well and and trained them and taught them how to be on camera. And they dressed them really well. And they, like Alan Lance, what, five foot four? Maybe? Yeah, yeah. And, but they, you would never know it. Claude Rains was five foot three or four. You would never know it. Claude Rains was that small? And they really? accentuated all the good parts. Robert, I think now you just up, upset Michael. You didn't know the Claude Rain was wow, that small. Wow. They're watching the show on a delay. He was short, but he was a giant. Yeah. He was, yeah, he was always true. on screen. He was huge. He was a big guy yeah. on screen. No, you're absolutely right. That's, that's very, very true. But yeah, That's what Hollywood's all about, man. They, they put it up on the screen, and you look and go, oh, um, okay. Can I ask a question? Nope, you're out. You're out. <laughs> okay, so Audrey came from nobility, uh, and back in those days, the studio contracts were sometimes very oppressive to people and even sometimes cruel, depending on if you were making money on, on the films and if you were in or out or whatever. Um, did, Audrey, because she had a little uh, connection, uh, uh, lots of connections, was she treated better than other people by the studios? No. By the time that Audrey signed her contract... Uh, with Paramount, this was after the de Havilland decision, and that changed everything. Um, you're absolutely right that the studios were slaveholders uh, until 1945 when the de Havilland decision changed Hollywood, and she got freedom from her contract. She broke her contract, basically, with okay. Warner Brothers. And then by the time Audrey came along in the 50s, things were much better for actors, and so she did not face any of that you know, um, oppressiveness from okay. Paramount. Paramount loved her and, and put her in only the best vehicles that they could. And, and she had a great agent, too. Well, God, if you look at some of the actors, especially pre-code actors like Harold Lloyd, the stuff that the studios had them do, very real danger to their lives. They would never do that to a, uh, oh, God. an actor look, these days. Look at days. Judy Garland. They drugged God, her. Through. Yeah. They were pouring drugs down her throat. Yeah, they were. Well, but I mean, like... This was on camera. They they would be doing bits, like there's one famous bit, I think it was Harold Lloyd, where he's taking down a barn, and the front of the barn comes down and smashes him, except he, it doesn't smash him because he goes through the window, so it narrowly avoids smashing him, but it was all real. It was an actual front of a barn coming oh down on God. him oh, and him geez. going through the window. If Man. he had been a foot in any direction... Yeah, he, he would have been killed. Yeah, and there there was no way they would do anything like that. The, oh anymore. God, no! <laughs> yeah, the actors were yeah they they were very expendable back then. The whole different kettle of fish, ladies and gentlemen. The book is called Warrior Audrey Hepburn, Robert Matson, M A T Z E N. Books available everywhere. Robert, a great subject. Thank you so much for your time today. You guys are great. You speak classic Hollywood, and I appreciate that. <laughs> well, we appreciate you. Yeah, come back anytime you want, Robert. We'd love to have you back. Cool. Thanks. Th- thank you, sir. Have a good day. We'll take Thanks. a break. We'll be right back with the family. And we are back with Stretch's Picks. 
you know, Tom, uh, there's a lot of analysis that goes into these picks. Yeah. And uh, I highly recommend betting, of course. I always recommend betting. Yeah, absolutely. So who's winning this thing? The kitties, the pack, the bears, or the purple? None of the above. Those are all the teams in the division. I know that. Well, who's your pick? I'm going with Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. What? It's not a football team. I know, but it's a hell of an HVAC company. They do the most thorough system tune-up in the industry. Sabre is one of the largest Bryant dealers in the state, which means you save. Yep, I'm going with Sabre, Sabre and Bryant, doing whatever it takes to keep you comfortable. It's also the smartest time to call and schedule your furnace tune-up with Sabre. Get the most thorough tune-up in the industry from the people who keep my home comfortable. Oh, uh, one more thing, Tom. What's that? Visit SabreHeating.com. Hello, I'm Brad Huckle, President and Chief Lending Officer at North American Banking Company. And I'm Mike Bilski, CEO at North American Banking Company, Bradley's partner. As a locally owned and operated community bank, we work with a lot of multi-generational, family-owned businesses. Take Raymond Auto Body of St. Paul, for example. Four generations of the Slomkowski family having successfully run the business. When they were ready to expand, we helped them acquire a new building, allowing them to service more vehicles in their state-of-the-art shop. We've also helped them set up the next generation of owners, keeping the business and family for years to come. Tom here. If you want a family business like me or any business, you should be banking with Brad and Mike over at North American Banking Company. I know them and trust them with my banking. Every time I deal with them or their team, I know I'm working with experienced professional bankers. Sounds like we really won you over, Tommy. Well, let's not get crazy, Brad. Seriously. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience member, FDIC, and equal housing lender. As you know, my friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of your life. He didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Mike created the new Giza Dream bed sheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep for me, which is crucial for my busy schedule. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Mike's Giza sheets come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. The first night you sleep on the Giza sheets, you will never want to sleep on anything else. Giza Dream sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors. Mike's making a special offer for my listeners. You buy one set, get another set absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code TOM. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow mattress topper, MyPillow towel sets, and so much more. Call 1-800-516-5146. Use the promo code TOM. Go to MyPillow.com. Make sure you use the promo code TOM. Leave me alone. Fond memories of your very strange father. One of the things he touched on and, and we talked about last week and then you look at it overall, the idea that a whole group of people left to go to the war is pretty amazing. I know. I mean, imagine mm-hmm. like today having something that would take everybody out for, I mean, I guess sort of COVID's done that a little bit. Yeah, a little bit, But just bit, the yeah. idea that, you know, Ted Williams went off, yeah, Willie did. Mays went off, yep. Jimmy Stewart. I mean, all these group of people are just like, oh, yeah, I got to go into service. Elvis Presley took his pictures or whatever he 
did. <laughs> you know? Well, that was that's absolutely amazing. He made it, what, a scene? Dean Martin? You know? Yeah, Dean Martin. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's Frank see. Oh, all of them. I heard that Dean Martin was never really drunk. It was all an act. It was all apple juice. Really? It was all that's apple really? juice? It was all apple juice. Wow. wow, he was good at acting, man. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> oh, my God. I'd love it. And he'd literally <laughs> start walking and go, like, drunk. fall side. No, he would really drunk. act drunk, yeah, though. Yeah, I mean, it was He did, yeah. It was, he would there were times it was like it really seemed like he was drunk. Yeah. When they approached him about getting a show, he said, "I want, I need an angle. I need an angle." And they said, "The huh? drunk, the yeah. drunk, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. he allows you drunk. drunk. Absolutely. Well, if you listen That'd to Michael Bublé, yeah, he absolutely puts on this like you know oh, half in the oh, bag yeah. slur. Yeah, that's yeah. the whole, that's the whole which crooner. bothers the hell out of me. That's I hate the whole it. crooner thing. But it is that's he, what they that's do. His, that's Dean his Martin, well, actually, the Mills brothers invented that, and then Dean Martin borrowed it from them. Oh my God, we watched it. Wait what, a minute, what I just praised black people in front of Tevin. What a mistake! What, what Why did I do it? Like he even knows who the Mills brothers are. I don't even know who Mills brothers are. I don't even know who the Mills brothers are. The greatest singing force of General Mills. Yes, wait, the greatest one, of, one of the greatest quartets of all time. Okay, we backed off a little bit because oh, the greatest of all, you were going to give them number one. I, and I think a there's quartets. a couple other quartets that have like been up there. I don't know. The Mills Brothers were good. Mm-hmm. Cab driver, once more around the block. Here we go. Do, 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 We've been watching do, a lot do, of uh, do, do, Dean do, do, Martin do. stuff because the documentary came out. And then, well, what Cali. did you buy? What are these terrible things that you bought? <laughs> <laughs> I bought ten Christmas. Specials. Oh, okay. God. They're uh, very retro. They're really retro. <laughs> Isn't like retro. when you would go sit around your TV that had the dial and it's all black <laughs> yes, and white? Yeah. Yes. Well, well there, was a, there was a share one. Oh, <laughs> oh, my, God. oh my God. It was so share? bad. Oh, my God. Chastity, who's oh, now. No, what is yeah, no, Chastity? Is now a boy, a man. Charles. Charles. was on it, like, with the. Shirley Temple curls yeah, and the was. great big skirts, and she, she sort of paraded her around in this oh, special, God. and it was so bad. But is this with Sonny or after Sonny? No, Sonny was not there. Sonny, Sonny was the Almond Brothers show up? Or? Uh, no. No. no, the Almond no. Brothers were not there. But there were some great. There, are, there are ten total. The first one, and I bought all ten of them. Boy, they were expensive though. You didn't. I didn't oh, rent God. them. I bought them. <laughs> Of I bought all ten of them. Of did you buy them and digitally, I'm, or like, is this a physical? You have the Blu-ray. It's, it's, it's downloaded. A, it's a Roku channel. You got VHS tapes in the mail. <laughs> you know how much each special cost me? I Tw- bought ten. Twenty-five of them each. I want to say like ten dollars each. Ten cents each. Oh. It was at 99 cents for all ten of them. Well, the, wow. the, the quality, oh is quality is so, so terrible. Bad. What do you got here? God. We got Dean and Frank. Okay. Dean Martin, the Dean Share. Martin show with Frank Sinatra. We watched that yesterday. Oh, so I feel bad for you guys. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, they're this great. Is good. They're this actually is good really stuff. good. Oh, the Dean Martin one was pretty good, except for that medley that they well, went on and on, on and on and on. Very long medley. I bet, I bet they had no rehearsal on that one. It but here's my favorite part. Really thrown together. And actually, Brian Zepp did a little research while I was talking about it on the morning show. It happened to her all the time, and I didn't know this, but the very first one is Judy Garland. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. that one I want to see. Except yeah, for see right on the, the label for the special, it says 
Judy Gardland. Yep. Garland, yeah, they yeah. misspelled what? it. They all the time spelled it Gardland. Oh my God. Apparently. Her life Over is the rainbow is like the saddest thing I've yeah. ever yeah. seen. Oh my gosh. Sad well, the studios so sad. turned her into a drug addict. So, yeah. Gardland. Sort of on too. this topic. Yeah. Do you know who gets drunk and becomes Sammy Davis Jr. when she Kevin, gets drunk? Really? No, Cassie. not no. Cassie. Cassie goes all Cassie. Sammy Davis Jr. Cassie. when she gets well, drunk. I just tell you. Oh, Sammy actually is in the Dean Martin one for about five seconds. One line, yeah. He has one line. Oh, yeah, he just, yeah, they open the door and there oh, he is Sammy. with the Santa hat on. Yeah. He's like, Look, <laughs> for Sammy's in we here. got another member. Well, bye. There yeah. he is. Yeah, yeah, Sammy was there. But you know what? Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin, they insisted that Sammy be involved with everything they do. They were mm-hmm. they were pretty amazing. Yeah, what year for a was second. this? 67. 67. Okay. Yeah. In 67. Sammy Davis Jr. could be on stage entertaining tons of people. Everybody knew who he was. Black loved and him, Jewish. But he couldn't eat in the restaurant. I know. Yeah, 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 I know. It's, I know. Mm-hmm. it's yeah. 67. Yeah. 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 67. They won't give us Sammy downstairs. It just blows my mind. It's yeah. so weird. Everybody's buying tickets to see him perform. But he can't eat in the restaurant. He's not allowed to. I couldn't the Red Sox would go down south for oh, spring yeah. training, and oh, yeah. there were half the players that couldn't go into places. Yep, they have to go exactly. in back it's and just, get it from the kitchen. It's so mind-boggling. Yep. Yeah. Well, that was. I mean, Jackie Robinson when yep. he first yeah. came up, they wouldn't let him eat in the restaurants when they no. went on. And wouldn't couldn't stay in the same hotel. What Kevin. was that movie <clears throat> that came out? Not Green Book. Yeah, Green Book. That was really good. With uh, Mon- um, what's yeah. his name? The comedian in it. Um, ah, the Italian comedian. Um, oh, Sebastian. Sebastian. Yeah. 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 He's in that. Yeah, yeah. that's oh, really good. It's yeah. about a black jazz musician. Correct. And he can't. Oh eat yeah, in where the the, clubs. he has the manager or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Him. Yep. The Italian guy who yep. <laughs> eats a pizza bite. <laughs> <laughs> Bob Sansevier style. Bob style. You turn it into a sandwich. Yeah, yeah, it's a sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? That is technically the way they say to eat it. That is a good movie. Now yeah, that it's is a really true. good movie. Yeah, Green we'll Book. We'll, we'll get the ago. Red Savoy and we'll just fold it up. That'll be good. That'll be good. By the way, I do want to mention this very quickly and we'll get back to other subjects, but this meant a lot to me as a young boy. Two guys got in the Baseball Hall of Fame from oh. the Minnesota Twins, Tony Oliva and Jim Codd. I thought you were going to talk about Minnie Minoso. And, uh, I love Minnie Minoso. <laughs> I had never and heard of Tony. Buck Williams or Buck Oliva? Uh, Henry. Oliva? I don't yeah, follow. I haven't heard of him either. I don't follow baseball. You've never but, heard of Tony Oliva. Uh, but You've his, heard of Tony Oliva. His, well be Michael me neither. Bryan. No. I, <laughs> Wait, what? His son <laughs> is running for Saran. In Edina. Bloomington. He was, oh, he's like our Bloomington? representative. No, I it was and at National Night Out, he came and was like shaking hands with everybody. And one of our neighbors comes up to me and he's like, he's Tony Oliva's son. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> no and I was like, I was like, I was like Dan, who is that? And he's a baseball player. I was like, all right. Sounds well, good. Tony Oliva is one of the greatest baseball players of all time. And he got hurt. Well, and he's just now. In his career. Yeah. He, was, he was very talented. He yes. would have I been phenomenal had not he not gotten to, hurt. Yeah. Well, he's, he's oh, no. He would, compared to every yeah. Red Sox. I can hear it in your voice. You just give Tony something. No, it's Tony. It's great. I saw him play the very I end of his career. Yeah. I loved him. Yeah, when they'd replace him at first base, he'd, he'd be the first batter, and they'd replace him at first base. When Do did you he know, play? 
50s, 60s. Yeah. But he finished in the 70s, 60s, right? 60s. Isn't this his last year? And he's just making the yeah, Hall of Fame probably. now? Yeah. He had to go on the committee. But Rod, Rod Carew got him in is what happened. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Rod you're got him in. Right. Is he still alive? Yeah, he's still yeah, alive. He, is, he still know. goes to boxing. I saw him at boxing this show not that long ago. Disrespect. He'll still meet people at Twins game. He shows up at his gate. How do you not know Tony Oliva is? I did get out. in the get 60s. Out uh, yeah. out. I, I was would, born uh, in 92. Yeah. Why would I know who he is? is. Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, both names ringing bells. They played the 20s. No offense to Mr. Tony if he's listening, but he's clearly not Babe Ruth. If it, I know who Shoeless Joe Jackson is. That was in the 1980s. too, but that's... I don't know. So you know who Jim Codd is, right? Uh, no. Uh, no, really? No. He's an announcer. I don't He's been either. An <laughs> I don't see a thing. I don't follow baseball like that. Apparently, like, I can't. Not. I can't work with past twins. He's burning bridges. No. Anyway, okay. So for all the people who are wise and know who these two people are, <laughs> congratulations, to Tony Oliva and Jim Codd. And then both Minoso got in, and also. Um, it's it's uh, Buck the cat. I think he was a catcher um, from that played in mostly the Negro League. Mostly, um, <laughs> that's what it's called. I don't know. I don't know. Not Buck Owens. Uh, Dang it. No, that, that whole class that came in is really good. Then we'll see who gets voted in in a couple weeks. Is Jimmy Pierce all in the Hall of Fame? No, because he doesn't deserve to be in. Why not? He was crazy. But he went Just out to center field crazy. wearing a beetle wig. That's ableist Michael Bryan. Yeah, but, you know, yeah, Hall of Fame. Let's way see. to go, Michael Bryan. Yeah, okay. Hodges, Gil Hodges, Minnie Minosa. Oh, Buck O'Neill. Buck, Buck O'Neill. That was his last oh, name. Oh, Gil Hodges just got in the Hall of Fame. Bucky. All right. Gil Hodges just got in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, he just did. What well, was that, 100 years ago? <laughs> but he had a problem because of the transfer from the Brooklyn to, yeah. to out in L.A., and he never, he wasn't light. How do you light. have this much space in your brain? Yeah. 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 It's all important things. It's all important, more important than Gil. I have a hard time remembering people's right. names that I oh met five gosh. minutes ago. Baseball will never be oh as big as it once was. Never no. again. No. Well, I'll go to Japan. They love it there. They, they do, do still love baseball, baseball in Japan. And you're right about it. was a two time all star. Such a big deal in Japan are so interesting. And was the first black coach in the National and American League. These are important things to know. Yeah. I'll true. remember all this. You <laughs> need to know this. Yeah. Sure. You're going to remember it all, huh? Alex? Michael Bryant on retainer just to bring it Well, I mean, things, you remember things, I think, that happened when you were young. So yeah. you you were both very into baseball no. when you were young. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like you know, any movie yeah. you watched when you were young, you could probably name every character. Yeah. No. All those old classic I've Disney literally movies. been watching a show with Dan for a week now, and I'm like, who's that? What did I say? What's that? Like, that's like, that's like, that's like, it's a uh, Robbie! <laughs> but if you watched like a show or heard a song from your childhood, you'd yeah. be like, you know, I remember, remember every word. I remember the, like, you'd remember more of it than you think. Yeah, it's like I can name all the characters from all those classic Disney movies and all those shows I used to watch. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like uh, Melissa and I last year, we watched all through the show called Young and Hungry with Haley Joel Osment. 
I don't right. like him. Which one's the guy? Is that Haley Haley? Joel Osment, yeah. Oh, it's his sister then, whatever yeah. her name is. Because I was, yep. Um, Young and Hungry? I cannot terrible. name. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't name one character. We watched the whole thing. Because it's I can't terrible. name a single character. It's the worst it show. Wasn't I watched it when I was bedridden with Fawn because I literally had watched everything. <laughs> I watched with everything. <laughs> when I was pregnant with her yes. and I couldn't I move. Understood that. And I was, I watched Young and Hungry. I was like, this is garbage, but great. I don't have anything else to watch. But yeah, we've been, Dan and I have watched, like, we have not watched a show in two years. We were talking about this Show's morning. Sunday. You just said you watched something. Yeah. Well, like, no, Dan and I haven't, like, oh, let's sit together. down and watch a show. We're watching, it's Yellowstone. We're watching Yellowstone. Learn learn life. You got kids, man. That's what happens. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, seriously. Yeah. And, like, I'll watch Very things true. on my iPad or whatever by myself, but, like, he and I haven't, like, let's go downstairs in front of the television and watch a show, and we've been watching no, Yellowstone. We, and I, yesterday yeah. I was like, which one's that? Yeah. Who's his name? And I'm like, they're main characters. They'll leave for college at some point, and then you'll get back to that. No, I yeah. remember when you guys were growing up, everybody was watching Friends. I don't. Oh, yeah. I didn't watch an episode of Friends till mm. two years after it went what? into reruns. I would have pegged you for a huge. Friends I like you liked. I remember. I, watched, I had kids. You, you watched ER. You watched anything? Right. You watched ER. Yeah, I liked and Star ER. Trek. ER was Star great. Trek Voyager. Yeah. Voyager. Those were like the two Voyager. things I remember really? you watching. Star Trek Voyager. Voyager's good. She was into. I didn't see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I watched the new Picard. She's full well, I think you like Voyager because <laughs> the, bald, black, the bald lady. Bald lady. Yeah, wasn't there a bald lady in that one? Oh, you might be thinking of Seven of Nine. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Back yeah. when she was a Borg. Again, yeah. what are you talking? I think you like Voyager. <laughs> Andy's like bald lady because the captain's name was Catherine and she was a redhead. Oh, okay. so. Captain Catherine Janeway. Well, she was a captain of a Federation starship, so no. She's not a captain of a spaceship. (laughs) Kind of a big deal. I I will tell you this, uh, and I'm very serious about this. After having COVID and being in a prison cell for two and a half weeks, not in a prison cell. He literally was just in his house for 12 days. You're 3,000 square foot. Those people were actually in prison cells. No, you weren't in a prison cell. Were you but, Cuomo? Like, <laughs> was CNN in his million-dollar house? How's he doing? Oh, remember that? He's not good. Yeah. He's fired. fired. Things ain't good. He's no. done. He's yeah. fired. Yeah, they got rid of him. I remember he when he might go yeah. to jail. COVID really? first started, and they were Who's doing the... Who's he going to jail uh, for? Which one? Oh, all these women are coming no, out now. Yeah, but no, that won't put her in jail. Yeah. You're talking if about the politician guy one? Or no, his brother, yeah. both of them. Both There's a new one. story coming out on him that's oh, been coming out okay. now. They're both bad. He got fired from CNN. Okay, so what revelation did you have after yes. sitting in your, your basement? COVID, your COVID prison. With a stuffy nose. I could never go to prison. <laughs> that one. I could never go. I'd run the cup up and down the bars. <laughs> Let me out of here. Let me out. Attica. Oh, my God. You were, you were so Attica. annoying. Oh, my God. I was annoying. So annoying. I'm, I'm dying of COVID. I'm like I didn't perish. You were even he didn't remotely. Like, people say, like, how is he? How is he? And I'd literally say, <laughs> oh, and you know what? He had the Tom strain. So yeah, it was yeah. worse. Man, he had the man. He had man COVID. Much worse than everyone else. Man, he has Tom strain. Regular people. Oh, no, I'm telling you, I did get sick as hell, though. I got very, very. You and weren't. I, I was you weren't on a ventilator. That's sick. I mean, there was never a time it was loud. While he had COVID, he was denying COVID. He's like, I don't think this is COVID. I really don't. And this feels like he wanted to go out. And I'm like, that's what everybody says. I just don't It feels like Ryan is still so. Stuffed up, he can't talk. Oh, really? And he had it five days before I did, so there you go. He's smoked 
pretty. Back in the day, he hasn't smoked in a long time now. Though. That really. But I mean, honest God, we're talking to each other this morning. He's like, so what do you think? Well, I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Wrestling. Honest to God. It was a real thrill. Oh, my God. And we were him. at our house just, like, pumping ourselves full of supplements. <laughs> like, I don't blame I you. I don't want it. So I took all the vitamins. Yeah. I don't know. I still don't know how the hell I got it. But I, somebody I down in a Nashville trip. I didn't definitely. get it. <laughs> because I was Because yeah. you're part of the cautious. superhumans. Yeah, like, we're the superhumans. Yeah, who have never gotten it. Especially the first night you're out. when he you're finds, out. When he finds out that go. he's got it. He's walking around the house screaming into his cell phone. And he's, like, walking around the house screaming. I'm, like, projecting. <laughs> But I, why would I be screaming at my phone? I'm on the, ra- I'm in the radio you, because business. Because you were mad because KQ didn't have any COVID protocols. Yeah, they did. They had K- N95. No, they had N95 masks at every gathering. Nobody chose to wear Where were they? They were at the entry of every... Never saw one. Never never saw one. I stole eight of them because no one was... No one was taking them because they were just in like... I don't think stealing masks is against the law. They were in a... No, they were in a basket. Although in Nashville it might be. No, they were in a basket for people to take when they went into things and nobody wore a mask at all and they KQ had a basket of N95 like wear this and you wouldn't make COVID. probably sound like it was voluntary they didn't hand them out and say please wear a mask please wear a yeah, mask but that's people are going to make their own choices right. no 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 Should've. you when you got that many people together you need somebody there going you need to back off I yes. mean, people cannot be in your face. Like, somebody should well, have we been were, wrangling the crowd. And you we were need to back off. Inside. You need yeah. mm-hmm. No, I'm we saying you need, like, personal security. He's had I think Tevin's time. trying to you. say that he wants to put on black. Black. Yeah. Yeah. If it had been, like, the boat trip, you would have had personal security. Yeah, you'd have personal security. Nobody in a fake mind. Now, there's a perfect example. Went on a boat trip, and Michael Bryant did personal security for me. Nobody got near me. He was safe. Good. You're going to need Key West, who you're going to bring. There ain't going to be no Key West. Really? Key West is out. Why? I'm Alex. going. Alex is going. <laughs> He's a station. I'm going to show up at Key West. Where's the show? Show up with a cardboard cut out of Tom. <laughs> I'll do the show for well, you. Well, I'll tell you, if I ever travel again, they're going to have security everywhere we go. And I'm not talking about to break up fights for to prevent things exactly like what mm-hmm. happened when all three of us got sicker than hell well, because there was no security. Well, now you don't have to worry about it. For, if you did go to Key West, six you wouldn't months, have to worry about to it. Six months, according the CDC. Minimum of six months. Minimum? Yep. Most sure. times, about Omicron? At 10. Omicron, actually, it's more contagious, but less severe. That's the word. Yeah. But that's what viruses do. That's hopefully it's do. falling yes. apart and it'll go There's away. There's two things that I'd now be forever grateful for. There's no question about it. I can't think of either one of them right now. <laughs> 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 something I'm really grateful for, but I can't remember what the hell it is. He's got long haul COVID. No. Okay, once, what, I am pretty sure I had COVID of February, in February oh, of 2020. Oh, no, wait. Don't, you can't admit to that. I can't. That would take you out of the superhuman class. Oh, yeah, true, true, true. Yeah. 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 I had, I had some yeah. other virus, <laughs> and I was fine. Oh, no. Oh, my headphones went out for a second. But I remember I could not speak like a normal human for like a month afterwards. I was well, like, I'm, you know, I have this. Three weeks for me now. Today is three weeks. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just could not Sounds put like words daily together. life for me. Well, I mean, worse than usual, uh, which is already bad. We have Wendy on the phone. Wendy. Okay. I got to tell one story before Wendy pops on. Did you hear the story of the woman who went over to her boyfriend's house or met some guy, went over to his house? Not ever. I think they were dating. And I still don't know how this happened because she was dressed. She accidentally pooped on the guy's floor. 
um, and then went to find something to clean it up. And in the meantime, he walked in, thought it was mud, and kicked it aside. This first is of all, a national news okay, story. Was yeah, it was first a national all, news story. Why do we know this? <laughs> oh, like, we gotta, tell Wendy we got to take a quick break. We'll like be back in just a couple breaker. minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I need you to we're, go. We're at 45 minutes right now. Okay. We'll take a break. So Wendy, you'll be, you'll be right out of the chute on the next one. Well, we have Kostaki in the second segment, so yeah, call in the first segment of the second hour. Well, she can just wait, can't she? Or, yeah, you Whoa. can just sit I'll here for about five that. minutes if you want. Either way. Jurassic Park next door? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dinosaurs are moving in on the building. They do it move in herds. Like T-Rex scene. <laughs> we, yeah, they do move in herds. We'll be back don't with move, Wendy and Kostaki after this.